Hi, everyone. This is Casey Kellum and Greta Fector with our first pep talk, People Empowering People podcast. We thought it'd be a good idea that our first two podcasts be each of us interviewing the other so you would know a little bit about our stories and see that we, like our future guests, have certainly faced adversity, but have lived our lives with resiliency. Greta and I met about three years ago while we were in yoga teacher training at Three Sisters Yoga Studio. I just knew we had a connection. I loved her energy, humor, drive, and just her personality. She lit up the room and made me laugh often. I knew we needed to do something big together, but at the time, I didn't know what that was. I think we are doing it now. I reached out to her just a few weeks ago and asked her to join me in this new passion of empowering others through podcasting. She didn't hesitate, and for that, I am grateful. So now, our first interview. This is Greta, and I am just as excited about our new endeavor. We are looking forward to interviewing others who have experienced adversity, but have come out of it stronger, wiser, more resilient humans. Speaking of resilient humans, I am excited to interview my friend Casey Callum. Casey is not only my friend, but also a school counselor, author, yoga instructor, motivational speaker, former business owner, and special ed teacher, and now podcaster. She is a beacon of resiliency as she continues through her journey, dodging hurdles, but still dancing along the way. So many experiences and careers. What drives Casey Kellum? Oh, usually Uber and Lyft, at least on the weekends. Okay, that was unnecessary, but kind of funny. (laughs) (laughs) I really do think I'm hilarious. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Okay. So seriously now, as serious as we can get, I guess. Yeah, good luck um, there. (laughs) My dreams and probably the obstacles getting to my dreams have driven me uh, throughout my life, I'm sure. I feel like I spent a lot of my adult life turning obstacles just into opportunities. Can you elaborate on how various obstacles turned into opportunities? Yeah, wait, what did you call them? Plot twist. Plot twist. Anytime something doesn't go quite right in my world, I've learned to yell out plot twist. So with three boys, it happens quite often. I love that. Yes, I've had a lot of plot twists. So I guess, you know, recalling back, I can think back as long ago, it was 30 years ago when I began teaching and as a special ed teacher and then as a school counselor, I actually experienced um, a few cuts from two great districts, which really bummed me out. And as a result, I had to leave a lot of good friends and students and places where I really enjoyed working. But you know what? If this hadn't happened to me, I actually would never have met my late husband, Craig, who I met in my present uh, school district uh, from mutual friends. So one of the best things that ever happened to me in my life, that meeting Craig came out of district cuts. Huh. That's so crazy. 
you know, very grateful. You know, you, at the time you think, wow, this stinks. They made cuts. I'm out of a job. But you look back at the twisted journey and it, I would never have had that opportunity. So I'm, I'm grateful for those cuts now. I love that. Can you tell us a little bit more about um, those obstacles that you encountered? Yeah. So um, so now that I got to this new district that I've been at for the 20 years, I love, I initially just planned on finishing up my academics and getting my PhD. So I had already earned my master's and my educational specialist degrees, and I only needed a couple classes and then my sabbatical, which was great. Except that the school contract stated you have to have five years in before you can ever take a sabbatical. Oh, that's terrible. Right. And so when I talked to the colleges, five years was too long to be sitting on the credits that I had for my master's and EDS degree. So I would have had to have started all over for my PhD, losing all of those credits. No, thanks. Right. And so at the time, it's like, okay. I can't get this PhD, which is kind of funny because my father always said, you know, BS, MS, PhD, bull, <laughs> shit, more shit piled higher and deeper. So I was like, okay, well, I won't get that and it won't be high, piled higher and deeper. Thanks, dad. Oh my gosh. He has such an interesting outlook on things. <laughs> no, I love it. I love it. So I was like, well, how else can I take that research on resiliency and get it out to the world. And I just came up with the idea of writing books, which actually my mother had always told me I should write books. So it just kind of all came to me. And I wrote those five um, Mind Over Matter books, which were based on my resiliency uh, research. And I named them on the five factors that I found to be important for being resilient, which were believe, love, laugh, relax, and dream. So again, you know, instead of getting upset about this whole piece of paper degree that I was in, unable to get, I made an opportunity out of it. And I just used that knowledge to write the books for the kids. That's awesome. I love that you broke it down into something just so simplistic, even that children could grab hold of it and run with it. So... Um, do you want to talk about your books now, or do you want to keep talking about Craig and come back to your books in a little bit? Well, actually, all of it kind of still ties together because more obstacles created more opportunities for me. Um, my husband's terminal illness actually led us to getting our dog, Bella. And Bella was a rescue who I had trained to become a therapy dog. She spent a year with Craig while he was really ill and at home most of the time, and she was his therapy dog. Well, after his death, Bella pretty much became my therapy dog, and I can't even imagine going through this grief and coming home each day alone without having my dog. So through his illness, I gained this wonderful dog, Bella who is also the topic of another book that I wrote, which is Bella Eve, the Bounce Back Dog. Bella Eve? Mm -hmm. Talk to me about that, Callum. Oh, what? It sounds like the word believe. believe. My gosh. Yes, Bella Eve was named after the word believe, our mantra. And I wrote these this great book, 
Bella Eve the Bounce Back Dog, which I have used with thousands of kids helping to inspire them to bounce back from their adversity. So again, had it not been for my husband's awful illness and death, we wouldn't have adopted Bella, and I wouldn't have written that book that I hope has inspired a lot of kids. I love it. I love that you gave me the book when we were in teacher training a couple years ago, and I've read it a couple of times. I can't get through it without tears, obviously. Um, But I know that one of your songs, Casey's a lover of music like I am, is Don't Stop Believing by Journey. And um, talk to me about that. Well, and that actually became the title of my last book that I wrote, which was a memoir about Craig's journey with his cancer, Don't Stop Believing, Our Journey with Cancer. And it was a song that got us through Craig's illness. When he was first diagnosed, I reached out to all of his friends, and Craig was very social, very gregarious, and had such a huge network of support. These people all wrote inspirational messages back to him. And I had a picture of each one of his friends or family members with him, and they each sent stuff back. And I put it in a book, and I named the book Don't Stop Believing. And it was just a picture book. And it came with like a CD that had the pictures, and the background music was Don't Stop Believing. And from that point on, that was our song. And to this day, that song pops in at times when I'm feeling a little melancholy or going through something difficult, and that song will pop on the radio or wherever I am, I'll hear it in a store. So that that song has definitely gotten me through. And, you know, again, with Craig's illness, another book came out of it that I hope, you know, is inspiring any adult going through having a family member or a loved one you know, battling cancer or anybody that is widowed now. I hope that this book, Don't Stop Believing, Our Journey with Cancer, helps and inspires them. I'm sure it does. There's no way that it can't. You're a pretty inspiring person. Um, So how did all this get you into yoga? I'm interested to hear that backstory because obviously that's how we met. So tell me a little bit about that. Right. Again, I think it's more opportunities out of obstacles because... My friend, Jen Giuliano, reached out to me when I, Craig and I ended up in Utah and to get treatment for him because there was nothing that the hospitals here could do for him. And a friend just sent a text message saying, you need to do yoga. I thought, are you kidding me? Do you not know me? I was going to say, you are super hyper, mega active, always on the go. How did that work out for you? Uh, it was a tough challenge at first. Transition. Plot twist. Plot twist. I would never have seen that coming. Oh, my gosh. I loved it. For a month while Craig was in his treatment, I went down the street to a yoga studio. I mean, what are the chances that a studio is just right down the street from his clinic? You know, In your life, that makes sense. Yeah, it was like meant to be. So for the month, I took yoga lessons, and I did the plank challenge for the month back at our um, hotel that we stayed at for that month, and I just fell in love with it. And that turned me into going to studio yoga classes when I got back home, which then led me to one day just saying, you know what? I think I want to be a yoga instructor, 
which landed us together. It's, which is awesome. And I know that you are super active. You know, you golf and you walk like your butt's on fire. <laughs> You're constantly go, go, go. So just to squeeze one more thing in there, you decided you wanted to be a yoga teacher. Right, right. And then I actually, I opened a yoga studio in my home, which was, again, another little plot twist. I was hoping to create this entire center for kids that would have music and play and dance and yoga. Uh, All of that fell apart at one point. And I thought I had sold my house and bought a much smaller home. And that fell through all of this happening at the same time. And I just looked at my very empty living room and dining room because I just sold a lot of furniture from my house, (laughs) thinking I was downsizing. Which you eventually did. I did. I did. And so I just made this living room and dining room into my yoga studio, and it was wonderful. So for two years, I was able to teach children and eventually adults. It was really just designed for children, but I ended up teaching kids on one night and adults on another night in my home studio, and it was wonderful. Again, an opportunity that came to me. And then I got here into my new home last year and my new development and have been faced with more obstacles. Imagine that, right? Right. Yeah, the whole association um, has gone against me. You know, you're allowed to run a business as long as it's not your whole house. It's not all day and it doesn't disrupt the um, peace of the neighborhood. But I have that neighbor it was very difficult and has really made it very trying here for the last year. But once again, I had to turn obstacles into opportunities. And here we are podcasting in hopes to continue to inspire others. Okay, Kay. So looking around your house and even here in your studio, I see the word believe every single time I turn my head, which is awesome. Um, what's all that about? Oh my gosh, no kidding. Um, actually, I have to laugh because at my last house, a couple of my yoga students went around just the first floor and found 74 items that had Believe on them. Those were the kiddos, yes? Yes. Oh my gosh, yes. that's so great. So yes, I have a lot of Believe things that have gotten uh, my husband and I through our lives. It's our mantra. When I first met Craig, I had a Believe stone that was given to me by my former boss, Gretchen Derethek. I really didn't understand it. She gave me this Believe Rock, but I took it with me to every office I had, and it was on my desk everywhere. And then I met Craig, and his mantra was Believe. And his had come from him going through a difficult time and his daughter yelling out of the other room, Daddy, do you want to hear my spelling word? It's Believe. Oh, no way. And she spelled it from the other room while he was looking out the window in tears about a situation he was going through. So both of us had this believe in us. And I grew up with uh, parents that had this mind over matter mindset. I mean, my mother just always said, like, if this is the worst thing that happened to you, aren't you lucky? So it came naturally that Craig and I both carried this believe mentality and mantra. And yes, everything in my home office and my school office and all around my house is believe. And it's just, it's just helped us get through those tough times. You just have to believe it's going to get better. And having have all those experiences, those obstacles in life and making them into opportunities 
I know that things can get better. You mean you believe? I do. I do believe. <laughs> yes, I do. So that ended up being the title of your first book, which I'm guessing you wrote about your relationship with Craig. Well, the yes. So it was uh, the Believe book came out and it was dedicated to Craig. And Believe is one of the five resiliency tools you need to get through your difficult times. So when I wasn't able to get that PhD through my research, I knew that you had to have a strong mindset. So Believe became that word for that skill or tool you needed to be resilient. So my first children's book was named Believe and dedicated to Craig. And from there, you ended up writing a, even a second book. So that one is Love, correct? Correct. Yes. So I I named these books Mind Over Matter Books, Mom, after my late mom. And I went from Believe to Love, because in my research, you have to have at least one supporting person in your life to help you get through those difficult times, just one ear, one person to hold you, one person to be there for you. So love was dedicated to my parents who role modeled loving relationships throughout their 42-year marriage before my mother had passed away. And they just taught me unconditional love. And I was determined to have a relationship like theirs and somehow blessed to have had that with Craig. So grateful to have had that love because of my parents and Craig. That's awesome. Uh, book number three, I believe, is Laugh, which every time I think of you, it, your bright, shiny face always comes to mind. So talk to me about that book. So laugh is laughter is definitely necessary when you're going through tough times, as serious as they are. You just have to still have that sense of humor, be able to watch some funny TV, and be able to laugh despite it. And, you know, even during Craig's illness, we watched South Park. We watched Bob's Burgers. <laughs> I mean, we watched really some inappropriate and silly stuff to keep us laughing. And even things that took place during his illness, we were able to laugh about. So laugh was definitely important to me. And I dedicated that book to my nieces and nephews, hoping that they would always be playful and joyful and laugh throughout their lives, no matter what happened to them. Such great advice. All right. On to book number four. Relax. How does Casey Kellum relax? How do you talk about that for young children? Because again, I have three kids and it seems like they never relax. Yeah, and I know I didn't relax until I met yoga. But even, um, you know, relaxing can be, it can be a little more active in a sense. Like some people relax by running and that's how I relaxed. I'm not that girl. You're not that girl. I'm not that girl. Or brisk walking, perhaps. <laughs> That's, you know, ways to relax. Or you can do the yoga or read or play an instrument. You can do bike riding. And relaxing shows up in so many different facets from gardening to art to music to exercise. But you have to have that one outlet. You have to have something you do to help take your mind off of the difficulty that you are facing. You still have to take care of you. And so, you know, throughout my life, I've always had my girlfriends and friends helping me relax. And especially during my mother's illness, 
in subsequent death, Craig's illness, his death. My friends were there for me. We were golfing and skiing and taking vacations and short little getaways, all ways to relax, which helped me be resilient and get through my tough times. So yes, Relax was my fourth book and dedicated to my girlfriends, who I'm so appreciative of. That's incredible. Um, You know, just in our life today, I think that the glorification of busy is so prevalent. Everybody always has to be doing and going all the time and kids schedules have to be jam packed. So I love that you made that one of your five books. So thank you as a mom. I appreciate some downtime with my boys for sure. All right. Lastly, we've got dreams. Talk to us about that book. So dreams, dreaming and having a dream is the fifth resiliency tool you need to get through your difficult times. You believe you'll get through it, but then what's the dream? Like, where do you see yourself when you get out of this? And I know throughout Craig's illness, he spoke of us vacationing. Again, we love to travel. And where we were going to be next, I think we were heading to Hawaii when he had three different tubes coming out of his torso area, oh colostomy bags and all sorts of stuff. And, you know, we're going to be on the beach, honey. And he just had this dream of us being in Hawaii despite being terminally ill. And, and that kept him going. He lived two years and two months longer than the doctors thought he would. Oh, my gosh. And I really I know for a fact that all five of these resiliency tools are what got him through. And that dream to you know, have that Hawaii trip or something to keep living towards kept him going. And for for me, you know, my dreams have kept me going. And no matter what my dream was, even if it got changed a little bit, you know, with those plot Plot twists, twists. my sisters were there for me. They helped me through any time to help get me through to my dreams. And therefore, I dedicated that fifth book, Dream, to my sisters, Annie, Judy, and Peggy. And so for now, I always tell people, oh, I'm living the dream, living the dream. But I kind of really am. Right. This is the dream, right? This is the dream. This And this actually is part of the dream. Craig and I had talked about moving to a golf community, uh, not in Ohio. It was going to be like Hilton Head. Plot twist. Another plot twist. But that's okay. I just pretend I'm down south. Just turn up the heat. <laughs> right, right, right. And not look at the snow. No, not today. So I really wanted to get to this golf community and I had to downsize and, and move out of my uh, house that I was in. So it all worked out and I moved here and I was ever so excited and started to have my basement. I had my basement um, completed and part of it turned into a yoga studio. And that's when yet Another obstacle came at me. Stop it. I know, like a brick. Oh, my gosh. I can't even make this stuff up. I I was going to say, you can't catch a break, honey. (laughs) And, you know, I certainly don't go through life thinking that I can't catch a break. But, you know, it does sometimes get trying. I'm not going to lie. This week has been really trying. Uh, I received, you know, uh, it's a long story. But anyways, back to the whole yoga studio. Neighbors got upset and just went against me and told the HOA that I can't run a business, even though you're allowed to run a business, according to Article 5.16. <laughs> roughly, <laughs> roughly, I've only looked at it a hundred times. Right. Somewhere in there. <laughs> roughly. So um, 
I went through a lot of HOA stuff in the last year and was forced to cease and desist teaching children yoga in my basement. I can't even. Like, that just sounds like something you've made up because it doesn't even seem like a real problem that somebody would have. It's not a real problem. It's not a real problem, but it's turning into a real problem for you, unfortunately. To, to the tune of $3,000 presently mm. and going up from uh, legal fees because I didn't pay uh, when they accused me of not ceasing and desisting, even Which though I did. I did. I have no income showing for that business for 2019 per my tax accountant and me. Stopped running it. But, you know, when neighbors lie, they lie and that's what happens. So I'm dealing with, you know, it's not what you do, it's who you know. And uh, thankfully, though, I, I look past it and I have a lot of great friends in this community. I've had a lot of great time. I'm really big with the the golf and the socials and try to look past a couple mean people directly in front of me. But as a result of having to stop running this business, I, I felt like I still needed to complete my purpose in my life. And that is to continue to inspire people. So it, honestly, just a few weeks ago, I was like, how else can I help empower and inspire other people? And I was like, huh. How about a podcast? Let's do it. Let's do it. And let me drag my friend Greta into it. This is a blast. I love sitting there. She'll do, ask Greta, she'll do anything. She will. So, yeah, so now we're going to podcast and we're going to interview people that I've also experienced adversity and have them tell their stories and what tools they use to get through it. So, again, through this obstacle of mean neighbors making me close a yoga studio, which I know it's not fair. It doesn't make sense. It makes a lot of people in the community and people in my life very angry that people can get away with being hurtful and lying. Absolutely. But I just have to keep on dancing. I have to, you know, make good of this. And I actually took away from that experience and have used it as a school counselor. Honestly, it has really helped me to connect with the students who feel like they're being bullied. And I don't like that word. I won't use that word for myself. But when I have parents calling and kids coming down saying, I'm being bullied, I always have to say, you know, has this happened over an extended period of time? Is this something that you don't feel safe coming to school? Almost always the answer is no. It's just my girlfriends are no longer being nice to me. Right. You know, being targeted. And then I tell them this story and they're mortified. Like, you know, these are old people. These are people, you know, in their 60s, 70s, older people that are doing this stuff. I said, mean people are everywhere. And it's been and my... every age. Yes. So I said to the parents, I say, so what are you going to do when they're working? Who are you going to call when they're working and their colleague is mean or the customers are mean to them? What are you going to do then? We have to stop calling when it's smaller things. I know that there's some serious stuff out there. I'm Absolutely. not discounting real bullying when kids are really targeted and it's awful. Trust me. I, I, my heart breaks for those kids and I am always trying to work with those situations. But when it's petty stuff, like what I am living with, I am using this opportunity to role model to kids that I didn't run away. And believe me, for two weeks, I was kind of hiding in my basement, scared of these neighbors. You know, you got this whole group of people around you, like this beehive being unkind to you. You just bought this house you put a lot of money into your your house. Well, and you're looking to live your dream. 
Right. Which is what you thought you were going to do. And unfortunately, there are some people getting in your way. But you, again, have turned this obstacle into an opportunity, which is your true gift. It really is. And again, when you're arming children with those five tools, you're showing them how to be resilient in your everyday job, which is so beautiful. We need more counselors in our buildings because again I was a middle school teacher we didn't have a counselor we didn't have a counselor in our counselor in our entire building and we were a pre-k through 8 building oh my god i, I can't know. imagine I can't but again imagine. you know budget cuts or you know we had oh we had security officers that's not quite a counselor <laughs> no but again they were there to you know break up the fights and you know take care of that business but on the flip side our kids had nobody to talk to other than the teachers or the other adults in the building who all had other functions and other jobs. So your kids are so lucky to have you and are benefiting greatly from your research. So, well, and you know, thank you for that. But I feel like my, I always say like my life is, was had because I can be an example to everybody else and show them you know, how to get through these things. So just having, you know, a sick mom and her death has helped me this week, helping two little boys whose mother died this week. Oh my gosh. You know, and having uh, colleagues who have spouses who are sick. I had a sick husband. I have colleagues whose husbands passed away this past year. I'm able to reach out and help them. So regardless of whatever adversity or obstacles I faced in my life, I've been able to use each experience to reach out and help and connect people. to yeah. other people, which I think our world needs more of just connection in general right. and not dividing people, right. bringing people together and finding commonality. So kudos to you. Well, thank you. I mean, you, you hope to go through life not feeling you're the only one and you're not alone. And when you realize that there's others have who have experienced these things, it kind of lightens the load a little bit and you let go of that victim mentality a little bit like oh it's not just me that's getting hit with all this awful stuff exactly. right now it's happened to other people i mean there is just so many things that came out of even just my husband's illness and his death and the estate mess that i have been able to help others with so you know honestly i'd really rather not have all these obstacles oh, of course but, but i'm grateful because they have all made me who i am and helped me help others get through their own cruddy sandwiches right <laughs> absolutely <laughs> and you're you are one to uh definitely take the time to enjoy desserts well thank you i really have enjoyed a lot of dessert in life and i certainly am grateful and will continue to dance no matter what comes my way So here are the takeaways from our interview with Casey Kellum today. She informed us about the five resiliency tools. Believe that you can get through anything. Find a loving relationship in your life. Make sure that you're including some laughter into your day. Relax and don't take everything so seriously. And keep on dreaming. And those dreams really do come true. Casey reminded us to always choose to make opportunities out of obstacles. We have to believe that things happen for a reason, which may just redirect you in a better direction toward your journey. Despite it all, you have to keep dancing 
and enjoy the dessert in life. This week's gratitude is believe in yourself and all that you are. Know that there is something inside of you that is greater than any obstacle. Well, that's it for today's pep talk. We hope today's guest empowered you to live the best version of you, despite your adversity. Remember, we all have to eat the crap sandwich, but you can still enjoy dessert. So keep on dancing and don't stop believing. Join us next Wednesday on Pep Talks, People Empowering People, as I take on the interviewer role and interview Greta. Stay tuned and have a great day.